Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Well, the last time we saw the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 22, he was under arrest in this continuing story of the book of Acts. He's under arrest because he'd been accused by a mob of breaking some Jewish laws. The crowd was so violent and they had beaten him so bad that the Roman commander went out there and pushed with his troops into this mob and drug the apostle Paul uh, away trying to save his life. And, and so it, it, the, 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 the mob wanted to just, you know, kill him. So the commander had him taken into the garrison, into the barracks, into the Roman fort. And the commander, the Roman commander thought, hmm, I want to question this man and I want to see what, 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 what the real problem is. Well, back in that day and also in this day as well in many places, when you want to question somebody, whenever you are in the authority and you want to question somebody, the first thing you do is beat them. Hello? Now, that, that's a reality in our American history. And that's a reality in world history. And it's a reality in our Bible. That the Bible says, you can read it there in the last part of chapter 22, that when the commander wanted to question the apostle Paul, the first thing he did is had him stripped and he had him tied down and he commanded his soldiers to beat him. Beat him before I question him. That kind of wears you out so that you want to answer up, I guess. You know agreed about anything well, bad system but that was the system and so when they started when they bound Paul and they, they, they were ready to beat him Paul said hold on a second you know it's against the law for you to beat a Roman citizen who has not had due process not been before a judge and not been accused and found guilty and the judge would have to do that but you can't just beat a Roman citizen you can't even tie me up. Whenever the centurion who was over those that were going to be beating him heard that, he ran immediately to the commander and said, Listen, commander, this guy's a Roman citizen. We are going to be in trouble. If he tells on us and somebody finds out that we have tied up a Roman citizen, we're going to beat him, we are in trouble. So the Roman commander went down and he said to Paul, Are you really a Roman citizen? Paul said, Yeah. The commander said, Well, how did you get to be a Roman citizen? I'm a Roman citizen, but it cost me a lot of money. I purchased my Roman. Paul said, I was born a Roman citizen. The guy said, Untie him quickly, untie him. <laughs> Now, who are you and what's going on here? Because this Roman commander has arrested this man, has bound him, and ordered him to be beaten. And now he's thinking, do I have even any charges? I mean, what, 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 you know, what, what are the charges that are against the Apostle Paul? I have to bring him before the court. I've got to bring him before a Roman magistrate, before a Roman court system, and I don't even know what he's accused of. I was about to beat a confession out of him so I'd have something to, you know, to, to bring him up on charges for. So what the commander did, trying to cover himself, was the next morning, he, he went in and kept Paul in jail that night, kept him in the barracks. But the next morning, 
the Roman commander who had a lot of authority in Jerusalem. He was, the, he was the police. He was the chief and the head of the police. and keep. He called the Jewish high council, which consisted of about 70 men. He called them and he said, y'all gather together. I want y'all here. Y'all get in your gathering. And I'm going to bring that, that this man that you accused yesterday and y'all were beating yesterday. I'm going to bring him in front of you and we're going to hear what kind of charges, if any, that you have against him so that I can know what I'm supposed to say to the people when I take him up before, you know, the, the, the judge. Because he's been arrested now. And I've got to answer for this. So the apostle Paul is there he gets there now bear in mind the apostle paul is about 52 or 53 years old it's been about 26 years since the apostle paul had gotten born again and the apostle paul in this quarter century has not really been in jerusalem but but just a couple of times no more than three and he has distanced himself. The Apostle Paul has, has, has been sent to the Gentiles, so he hadn't been really involved in the Jewish affairs and the Jewish hierarchy. He knows who, who this you know, council is. He knows that they're the high council. He knows, he understands who they are, but he does not know them because he's not been here in Jerusalem in a quarter century. And so, you know, faces have changed, names have changed. And, you know, he's imagining probably that he is brought in before these accusers who have, you know, prominence and, you know, there. And, 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 and a judge and a Jewish judge is going to somehow make some accusation, you know, against him. And so here he is standing in front of this council and he looks at them. He looks intently at them. Most likely they're sitting in kind of a horseshoe if they happen to be in, 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 in a Jewish uh, uh, council chamber, sitting in kind of a horseshoe with the head man, you know, the judge is up there and all these other people on either side. Now, he does not know these people. But they know him, and they don't like him. But they like him more than they like some of the people on their own council. <laughs> they didn't like him any less than they didn't like each other. If you'll read on in the story later, you'll find out that he just kind of used that to his advantage because he looked around and he saw there were some Sadducees and there were some Pharisees. They happened to believe different things. One of them, the Pharisees believed in the resurrection. They believed in angels. They believed in spirit. The Sadducees didn't believe in angels or resurrection or afterlife or the spirit. And both of them are represented on this council. And so here in a little bit, and we won't get to that, but the Apostle Paul is going to say, uh, well, I think the reason I'm here is because I'm being called in question of the resurrection. Because, you know, I, I had a, you know, a visitation. So the Pharisees are going to say, well, maybe an angel showed up to him. And the Sadducees say, there is no such thing as an angel. And so they get in this big fight. And they kind of excuse him. He kind of, you know, gets to kind of walk out, you know, and go back home with virtually no charges against him. Okay. But he, uh, he stays arrested. You, you can read it. We'll read on into it. It's just I won't get to be able to get to that tonight because we're going to pick up here in the first verse and see how many verses we can get to. Now, remember, 
He does not, Paul is unfamiliar with these men. He, he, he does not know him, them, but they know him. They don't like him, but, you know, they don't like each other either. So, verse 1, Paul standing here, just brought into this council. Gazing intently at the high council, Paul began, Brothers, I have always lived before you with a clear conscience. <laughs> oh, a clear conscience. Look at somebody and say, I have a clear conscience. You know, that's pretty easy to say. I mean, who wouldn't say it? Who wouldn't say my conscience is clear? I have a clear conscience. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. It's pretty easy to say, but who wouldn't say it? Uh, or, 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 or in fact, who wouldn't believe it? Who among us would not believe that, that, that our conscience is clear, that what we have done is right? Proverbs, the 12th chapter and verse 21, uh, uh, excuse me, 12th chapter and the 21st chapter, uh, both say that a man believes in his heart that he is right. Every way of man is right in his own eyes, is what it says. In fact, Proverbs even said, even fools think they're right. Boy, we could just take that and go home. That's just so true. I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I thought I was right, but I was wrong. Come on now. Anybody here ever been in that category? Every man is right in his own eyes. But the Bible says, but whether you're right or not is really up to the Lord. God is the one who will decide whether you're really right or not. And how does God decide? Well, Jesus himself said, you know, I don't judge any man. Even Jesus said, I don't judge, and we shouldn't either. But, the Bible, but, but Jesus said there is one that judges, the Word judges. So it's up to the Word whether you're right or not. It's not up to what we think, but it's up to the Word. And, and, and God is the one that, that decides by His Word whether you're right or not. Uh, let's just see if Paul has a claim to a clear conscience. Let's just see what happens in his life. Let's see if he is defending himself or describing himself. Whenever he says, I have a clear conscience, let's see if he's describing the reality of his life or if he's just defending his position. It won't take long, by the way, to see how any person really is when you see them under stress. Every person goes through stress. Maybe not as much stress as the Apostle Paul is with 70 men ready to kill you. And either 30 or 40 of them are about to make a vow that they will never eat again until he's dead. Whoa. Okay. I mean, I have not been under that much stress. Have y'all? I mean, I have not had 40 of my church members or former church members swear they're going to kill me or never eat again. Because most of the time, my church members, they like to eat. <laughs> so I wouldn't last very long. <laughs> And, and, and uh, you know, the, the Jews have a joke about themselves. They say this about themselves. Uh, God always wants us to eat, you know. You know, uh, the Egyptians are coming to kill us. Let's eat. 
you know, let's have a feast. It's all the feasts that they have to observe. And some of the feasts, they have to eat, 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 eat. And they have to eat everything up before daylight. And they, and they say, you know, uh, we don't know what it is about God, but God loves for us to eat. No matter what happens, he said, oh, great, by the way, people are trying to kill you. Let's eat, you know. Let's have a party. Let's feast, okay. That's the way it would be, you know, I would think my church members. So here the apostle Paul is under a lot of stress. And when people are under stress, something happens. It's like a wine press. It's the crushing of a grape. It's the Garden of Gethsemane. That when you squeeze something, what's in it comes out. Right? There are molten moments that we go through heat, we go through fire, we go through pressure, we go through stress. And what's in us is revealed. What's in us comes out. The great wine press, the Garden of Gethsemane, this great press. What was in Jesus came out. Not my will, but yours be done. Under so much pressure and stress, what was in him came out of him. Well, we're going to see the same thing here with the Apostle Paul because he is brought up here in front of people that, that, that killed Jesus. And he was a part of their group whenever Stephen was stoned and he held the coats. He knows what these people are capable of. He's under a lot of pressure, under a lot of stress. He's claimed to have a clear conscience. Let's watch and see what's really inside his heart. Is it love, joy, and peace? Or is it anger and bitterness and resentment? One of those two baskets is going to be dominant in our lives. Is it repentance or is it stubbornness? Is it humility or is it pride? These two things are not you know, hard to hide until moments of pressure, stress. This... This is a good sermon. You know, God knew at least 23 weeks ago we were going to be doing this, okay? So one of the things I love about God is he always feeds me where I am, what I need. He always feeds us where we are, what we need. I know that some of you are going through pressure and stress right now. I know that some of you will go through some pressure and some stress in days to come. And you need to make sure what's in you, you know, that you have a clear conscience because under that stress and pressure, What's in you comes out. Okay? What's in a person, as I said, will come out. And Paul's under a lot of stress right now. And he's about to be under even more. Okay? So, he says, you know, to them, uh, you know, I've always lived before you with a clear conscience. Verse 2, instantly Ananias the high priest commanded those close to Paul to slap him on the mouth. <laughs> the word slap, by the way, means to hit. Somebody hit him in the mouth. Bam! Somebody, I mean, the, the high priest here. Now, the apostle Paul doesn't know he's the high priest. He hadn't been in Jerusalem. He's not familiar with who all the faces are and who, who, who is who. And when, you know, he hadn't been here like around this in a quarter century. But the apostle Paul standing up, looking at the council, and he says... I have, brothers, I have always lived before you with a clear conscience. Somebody slapped that man in the mouth. Whoa. He's about to be under a little more stress because if you've never been slapped in the mouth, let me tell you, it's stressful. If you've never been slapped upside the head with something, it's stressful. 
Okay? You've never been slapped upside the head with a I don't love you anymore. It's stressful. You've never been slapped upside the head with, you know, you're going to jail. It's stressful. You've never been slapped upside the head with a friendship that's gone sour. Even if it's from something that you said that somebody else didn't like, it's stressful. And under stress, we have to be very careful because what's in us will come out. And we want to make sure what's in us is, 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 is a clear conscience. Instantly, Ananias, the high priest, came. Slap him upside the head. Slap him in the mouth. Verse 3. But Paul said to him, God will slap you. Oh, my goodness. Paul done, you know, Paul done got upset here. God will slap you, you corrupt hypocrite. What kind of judge are you to break the law yourself by ordering me to be struck like that? Paul is incensed. Paul is upset. On top of that, he's probably hurting. Okay? And he might have a bloody lip or a bloody nose. Even if it is a judge giving an order, what right does this judge, I mean, what right does this judge have to do that? Paul said, hey, judge, that's wrong. You can't do that. You're supposed to be a judge who protects the law. You're supposed to be, a, you know, and you order someone to hit me in the mouth? That's against the law. You're a hypocrite. God's going to repay you for that. Well, verse 4. Those standing near Paul, some of those that probably just slapped him, said to him, Do you dare to insult God's high priest? This is where we find out what's in Paul. Because Paul has now just not been confronted with something that happened to him. He's not being confronted with just a human opinion or a human decision. Now he's being confronted with the word of God. Do you dare to insult God's high priest? Oh my, Paul thought. I thought this guy was a judge. Ooh, turns out I have just insulted the man of God the high priest who is the leader of all the Jews. This guy is like the Pope. Okay, I thought I would get, you know, more response than that. I mean, he is just, uh-oh. It's one thing to tell a friend. It's one thing to even tell an enemy. It's one thing to, to even, uh, you know, tell, uh, uh, you know, a judge, but it's a completely different thing here to speak evil of the ruler of the people. What is Paul going to do now? Let's see if he really has a clear conscience. Let's see if he really lives life with a clear conscience. Let's see if he's just, uh, let's see if the Apostle Paul is just another prideful preacher. Let's see if he's just defending himself with no real principles, with no convictions. 
Let's see if he has any principles or convictions in his life that's greater than what he wants, what he feels, and what he thinks he deserves. Let's see what's really in him. Let's see if it's all about Paul or if it's about God and his word. What will Paul do? Will Paul choose his rights or will Paul choose the word of God? Now, I want to tell you right now that you can make a dangerous mistake right now. The dangerous mistake you can make is to think that God is talking to somebody else. The most dangerous mistake you can make in church or while reading the Bible is to read it for somebody else. Is to think that, you know, boy, I know who should be hearing this. Yeah, God does too, and they're sitting right in your seat. Amen? They're standing right here. This doesn't apply to anybody else. When I'm preaching the Word of God, I have to realize that God is talking to me. This is the only church I have to go to. It's a dangerous mistake for me to think that God wants to talk to other people. You pretty much every Sunday and Wednesday get to hear what God wants to say to me. I'm just telling you that the word applies right here. It doesn't apply to, to, to your spouse. You know, let God talk to them. Let's, let's right now let the word talk to us. Let's see what Paul's going to do. Because if Paul is an example, I want to do what Paul does. I don't want to think other people should do that. Now, remember, I have always lived. <laughs> I sound like Don Knotts because I've been watching The Ghost and Mr. Chicken and, <laughs> and, uh, and I've watched the Apple Dumpling Gang and Apple Dumpling Gang return, you know, rides again. <laughs> Y'all know what I watch tonight, that's it. I have always lived with a clear conscience. Somebody slap him. Whack. How dare you slap me, you hypocrite? You're supposed to be a judge. And here you order me to be, you're supposed to keep the law. Now you're going against the law. Who do you think you are? God's going to get you for that one. Do you dare insult the high priest? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now, there's nobody making Paul do anything. Nobody can make me do anything either. You know, you might be big enough to make me sit down in that chair, but on the inside, I'll be standing up. Nobody's big enough to make anybody do anything. So nobody's big enough here to make Paul do anything. He's faced up. He's, he, he has to be... He's, he's going to have to hear his own personal conviction. And so look what he says, the first words of verse 5, I'm sorry. Wait a second. You're the one that was slapped. You're the one that was beaten yesterday and accused and wrongfully uh, arrested and sentenced and drugged into the barracks and then bound and was going to be beat again. You're the one being brought up before this council on some trumped up charges and you're slapped. You, you've, you've been done wrong. And yet he's standing here, I am sorry. You know, the Apostle Paul was not sorry that he got slapped. He wasn't sorry. All the, he was sorry that he had done wrong. That his response was wrong. I am sorry, he said, brothers. Whoo! 
Brian, where does a man get that much humility? Oh, my goodness. You know, Lord Jesus, save me. Help me, Lord Jesus. I'm sorry, brothers. I didn't realize he was the high priest, Paul replied. For the scriptures say, boy, I love a man of principle. Woo! A personal conviction that the word of God trumps how I feel and it trumps what anybody else did to me. The scriptures say you must not speak evil of any of your rulers. Paul's personal convictions won the day. And I'm here to tell you that he was a man who lived with a clear conscience. Just like David, this young David who had been chased by King Saul wrongfully, David anointed to be the king over Israel. David, a man after God's own heart, being hounded so that he had to move away from home and he had to lose his wife and, 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 and he had to, you know, act, you know, like, like, like a, a, you know, a, a homeless man. His parents were, were homeless and, and he was, you know, he found himself in a place, in a cave where King Saul came in. And he had a sword and he could have killed King Saul. And all of his friends were saying, kill him, kill him, kill him. This is the will of God. Kill him. God has delivered him into your hands. He's done you wrong. He's done you wrong. God wants you to be king. And you know it. Come on, kill him, kill him. And David cut off the, just the corner of his, of, 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 his, of his coat. And when Saul left the cave, leaned out, David's heart smote him. And David went outside the cave and said, My Lord, my Lord, I have done wrong. He didn't say, You've done wrong. He didn't say, I have done wrong, but you push me into it. He didn't, Paul didn't say, I'm sorry, but you made me do it. I'm sorry, but you hit me. I'm sorry, but you accused me. He, there, there were no buts there. It's, I have done wrong. Forgive me. Wow. That's kind of getting to go home that night with a clear conscience. Even when you've done wrong, even when confronted with personal hardship, Paul still submitted to the Word of God. These are principles that everyone around him knew, but very few people can live. Because people many times imagine that they have a right to be wrong. If you've been done wrong, God bless you and God help you. May God speak up for you. But doing wrong because you've been done wrong is not going to fix it. Hating because you're hurting ain't going to fix it. The Apostle Paul admonished us as believers to not even eat meat or drink wine if it offends one of our brothers. Don't do it in front of them. You want to do that? Do it at home. But be careful to not offend and divide and hurt 
and bring harm. These are not just words. They're convictions. They're principles of God. It is vital in life that we embrace principles before problems. Because if we do not establish principles in our life to which we are committed above what happens, if the Word of God can't speak to us in a troubled time, then we will end up living our lives according to emotionally charged issues. And we, even as a fool, thinks he is right in his own eyes. But it's the Lord that weighs the heart. If you feel someone's done you wrong, you know, don't fall for that old trick of the devil. That same trick that he used on Eve and, and, and King Saul and, and Solomon and Lot's two daughters and Jonah. Don't, don't just decide that I'm right because. This is, this is okay because. I mean, yeah, I can, I can hurt and I can offend and I can strike out and I can, I can divide because. Nothing gives you a right to go against the Word of God. I'm not talking to somebody else, I'm talking to you. If you feel someone's done you wrong, slapped you on the mouth, or told somebody else to slap you on the mouth, then won't you do what Jesus said? Turn the other cheek. The Word of God says vengeance belongs to Him. The Bible says don't speak evil of the rulers. Of the people, the, the, the Bible uh, and, and, and the scriptures encourages us to simply, you know, in, in, in Corinthians, you know, rather than, you know, take a brother to court, whether it's public court of public opinion or legal court, the, 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 the scriptures encourage us just to suffer the wrong before we start tearing up relationships. The Holy Spirit's advice is the least thing you could do is just go to a person alone and not discover the matter to another in hopes of reconciliation. Well, you get the idea. The Apostle Paul was a fine example of a Christian under pressure. Paul did not allow his hurts, his disappointments, his personal attacks, or being done wrong, move him away from God's Word and what God's best was. I encourage you because I am encouraged to be an example to others.